You are now listening to the Living Numbers Podcast. This is the Living Numbers Podcast, and I am your host, Tony Rambles. And today we've got some NBA trade deadline buyout talk and I got a good friend of mine Donovan on and really we just have a great time we just talk some NBA teams we like teams we don't like players we like players we don't like it's like two friends talking shooting the breeze so before you move like subscribe follow share support and tell all your buddies about this great podcast without further ado Here we go. The pride of the north side (laughs) of Houston, that is. Westfield's finest. From scholarship athlete to future teacher of the year. I got my boy. Still got it. Trying to stay young. My boy Donovan. Donovan, say what's up to the people. Man, what's up, people? That was an interesting introduction there. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. And so we're here. I got my boy Donovan. He's a very uh, avid NBA fan like myself, basketball fan, because he he also coaches as well. You want to mm-hmm. you want to shout out? Oh yeah, shout out to uh, Willow Ridge High School, you know, wide receivers coach Deech. there, football wise, and then uh, Lady Eagles uh, assistant girls basketball coach there too. So shout out to the Lady Eagles. You got two uh, girls high school basketball coaches on the line, so. <laughs> I guess we know something about basketball, hopefully. <laughs> but but we all know if you ever had a coach in high school, I'm not going to throw nobody under the bus. <laughs> so we got the trade deadline, right? And y'all know we got to kick this thing off with a number. And my esteemed guest, Donovan, came up with this one. So the number eight stands for what? New beginnings. New beginnings. We've got a lot of people who are having some new beginnings right now. Absolutely. We got some people who are in, in new cities. They may or may not want to be there. I remember when Blake Griffin got traded to Detroit, I was just shaking my head like, man, we gave up Tobias Harris. We gave up mm-hmm. Boban. We gave up uh, – who else was in that deal? I think Marcus Morris was in that deal. And they all hooping right now. They all hooping. And so I was like, ah, I get it. And, and my cousin Derek will – it's definitely going to second this. We just should have kept Stan Van. Yeah. If we would have gave him a longer leash, then he wouldn't have made that drastic move. Because our team was trending up. Mm-hmm. So we. I was headed in the right direction. We were. We were. We had Brandon Jennings was on that team. Mm-hmm. Or, no, they had, they had Reggie Jackson. Because yes. Brandon Jennings, he had got hurt. Torres Achilles. And Reggie Jackson, him and Drummond had to pick and roll, and it was looking beautiful. That's the year we played Cleveland mm-hmm. in the first round, and we got swept. But every game was a good game. Yeah, y'all were heading in the right direction. Uh, it just it sucks, man, when you got a, a franchise, and you see them let all them players go, and then those players get to different teams, and they start really shining and really start developing as players, mm-hmm. especially when you make a move like that for one guy. One guy, and a guy with a ton of injury history Mm -hmm. in Blake Griffin. Now, to his credit, that first year he was on NBA 13. 
Absolutely. So he was hooping, but then, of course, like Blake Griffin does. But can you run a system through Blake Griffin, though? I mean, you change it when you get a player like that. You do, but running a system through Blake Griffin, even at that time, do you think are going to get you wins? Well, I mean, Detroit hadn't been in the playoffs in a while. Mm -hmm. So that got us to the playoffs, and he played well. He played at an all-NBA level. Yeah. And he was playmaking. He was, I think he averaged like, don't give me the line. I think it was like 25, 9, and 5, something like that. Who was your guard at that time? I think it was still Reggie Jackson. Maybe I think we had Ish Smith backing them mm -hmm. up. Yeah. So we didn't have great guard play. Yeah. Like, and that's, it's a guard play league at this time. And that's kind of, and I love Blake Griffin. And that's kind of a point I was making. You know, you make all those trade moves. And sometimes when you, in a spot like how the Pistons were in a spot, sometimes mm -hmm. you got to make drastic decisions to try to at least get some type of juice. Uh, but being that it's a heavy guard play league, it's tough, I, man. I think when you when you got a guy that's at the top that feels like he's about to lose his job, mm -hmm. sometimes you do make decisions like, okay, I need to do something for now. I yeah. can no longer build. I have to get in the playoffs now. I have to win now mm -hmm. because I'm about to get fired if I don't. Exactly. So it, I understand it as much as we dislike it. We can understand it. Yep. And we understand that the number eight stands for new beginnings. New beginnings. And so we're going to do a quick rundown here. We're just going to look at the trades. And then we've got our own list of guys who we're looking forward to seeing in the second half after they've gotten to their new team that we feel like will gel well and mm -hmm. who are really going to hoop. So let's look at this rundown, right? So the first thing I have up on my screen is DeLon Wright goes to the Kings. Nobody cares except for anybody who, who's a Pistons <laughs> fan. Because <laughs> DeLon Wright, he's a hooper. I like DeLon Wright. But DeLon Wright's not going to get us any views on this thing. Yeah, right? I like the Kings. Really? I like the Kings. I think, man, they're young, they're energetic. I think they got a really upside for us in the future. Uh, I love uh, Darren Fox. Yes. I think he's a dog. I love his yes. mentality. I love the way he hoop. And I, and I think he's learning how to play in the NBA. And once guys like De'Aaron Fox learn how to play in the NBA, John Morant learn how to play in the NBA because they're explosive. Ooh. But once they really get that, like, that kind of, I've been here, I've seen that, once they get that to their game, they're going to be some problems. I think John Morant is already better than De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. I mean, that's a conversation. Uh, John Morant is very, very good. He's very pure. He got a pure game. He's a, for me, it's his mentality that he plays with that I like mm. a lot. Like he goes out there and he's not barring none from nobody. Like he's attacking everybody that steps in front of him. And you want to see that out of young players. And I think that's the game we grew up on. And so I think that his IQ is the thing that sets him apart. Yes. Because he can make passes that other guys can't see. Mm -hmm. He can draw three, four people, and then dump the ball off mm -hmm. and get a guy open look, which I don't think De'Aaron Fox has. Yes. Not to that level. Maybe he could. He can do it some, right? He's a good point guard. I think he has it. I just Not think, like Ja, though. I ja got it, it right now already. I think he has it. And I also think we, we just see Ja more. Because like, he's more flashy. Yeah, we just see him more. Like I don't, We don't see a lot of Sacramento. Unless you got the NBA pass, you don't see a lot of Sacramento games just coming off. Nobody was watching Memphis before John Moran, though. <laughs> I know. Nobody was really watching Sacramento before. But, okay, so 
I don't know. De'Aaron Fox has had some injuries, so I think that may be part of the but I, regression I, of the team. I agree with you. I do. I like John Morant more than I like De'Aaron Fox, but I don't think it's like far. You know, it's not far, but <laughs> you just you look at how successful that Memphis team is already. Yes. And Sacramento was right there like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But then they hired Luke Walton, mm-hmm. and they started to stink again. And I love to see uh, like a young player get drafted to a team uh, that just has a great city. Like you can tell the city of Memphis loves John. Oh, Murray. my goodness. It seems <laughs> like if you play in Memphis and you're good, that team, they'll they support love you forever. You forever. They're going to love you forever. That's how it is in Detroit. I believe That's that. how it is in Detroit. I believe that. But would you consider Memphis to be a basketball basketball town? I mean, if they're not a basketball town, I mean that's ain't that a music a music? It's a, that's it's Nashville. Nashville music in Tennessee is just great, right? <laughs> in general, but as far as like sports wise, do you think like the kids grow up to want to be hoopers? I think that isn't, uh, isn't Penny from Memphis? Yeah. So Penny's from Memphis, and he coaches at the University the, of Memphis. Yeah, yeah. I think hoops is big in Tennessee. It gotta I would be. Say. I know I know football is big in Tennessee just because of the University of Tennessee and you got right. Tennessee State. Right. But I think hoops is big in Tennessee. I think anywhere where hoops is just big in the city, if you play there and you're great, they're going to love you forever. Same with Chicago. Same with even, shoot, Milwaukee. People love Greek in Milwaukee. They got to. They got, got a great – they got a top five <laughs> player in – in in their city, so yeah, I think we're we, we, we gonna talk about that. It, that that might be a different podcast. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> so let's see. We're scrolling up here. We got the Nuggets adding Javale McGee. Nobody cares. I think that's a good move, though. It's a good move, but nobody cares. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about the. Nuggets. Okay, 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 okay. I see. I see. I see. Celtics add Fournier. Nobody cares. Nah, that's. I don't think that's gonna help them a whole lot. I think it's redundant. Mm-hmm. They already got wings, mm-hmm. but we gonna we gonna talk about the Celtics later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Raptors getting Gary Trent Jr. I think it's bigger than Powell going to the Blazers. Yeah, I love. Uh, I'm not gonna say I love Gary Trent Jr., but I did like Gary Trent Jr. with the okay. Blazers. Okay, keep that <laughs> under your head. Jazz at Matt Thomas. Nobody cares. He looked like a jazz player. I <laughs> see Wanamaker <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff man Nobody cares stuff. about Wanamaker Let's get to the good stuff Okay George Hill Going to Philly Like it I like it too I think they got a professional point guard Whereas before they I mean they got Ben Simmons And he gonna mm-hmm. do his thing He's really gonna have the ball more often but George Hill could play on the ball. He could play off the ball. Right. And that's going to make him important for that team. And he's used to just being a, a piece. Like yeah. Having a role and they're just playing in that role. Yep. Like Absolutely. It. I like what Doc is doing with Philly, too. Of course. Doc is the man. Clippers get Rondo. They trade Lou Will back to Atlanta. Love it. I hate to see Lou Will go, though. Hey, that's coming back. We're definitely talking about <laughs> Rondo. Okay, Bealita from the Kings. Nobody cares. That's going to be great spacing, though. Bulls acquire Troy Brown Jr. and Daniel Tice. I think for the direction that they're going in, those are great role players. Great. I like what the Bulls are doing. What's my guy for the Bulls? They they franchise player right now. All-star this year. Zach Levine. Zach Levine. I love how his game is involving the identity that he's bringing to his game mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just really trying to be a guy. 
He ready for that. So I like the direction the Bulls is going. He better get better on defense. They the team better get better on defense. Yes. But he you're right. Get, he get all the depot from the Rockets. Love it. Especially since they didn't have to give up Robinson or uh or Hero. Or Hero. Like you get to keep them too and then get to add another additional piece, a veteran that wants to win and I feel like it's ready to win if he can stay healthy. I don't think it's gonna make an impact right now, but I think for like next year, if they can keep the the squad intact, especially because they got so much wisdom over there. I think that's why they did so good in the, in the bubble. You got Iggy, Iggy uh, Dollar and you got Haslam over there just kind of just showing the young dudes how to really play the game as a professional. And the young dudes are just shining because they have that guidance. And I think that's what was really missing in the NBA in this era. Like, you don't have a lot of old heads that's, that's still able to stick around and really right. show the young bulls the way. When you're a young bull and you the guy, you just show up and you're the guy. And you learn off trial and error. So, the heat, they really sinking this year. But I think them adding Ole Depot, that's good for the future. They went on a good win streak, and now they're currently on a six-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So, they – they're always going to be in the mix because they're the Heat. They streaky. But the thing is, as long as they can find a good seat in the playoffs, they always got a chance. Because they got, they got shooters. They got Big Bam that's going to play hard. They're going to play defense. And if Jimmy really get going and turn it on like he did in the bubble last mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. they got a chance. They can make a little bit of noise. But let's really talk about the, let's, let's talk about the, the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> With the NBA. All right. We got the Nuggets getting the Aaron Gordon. Love it. Okay, this is a buyout. The Cavs let Drummond go, and he goes to the Lakers. Love it. Okay. Okay. That's coming back. All right, so I'll go first. This is a player that I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Back to our number eight, our new beginnings. All right, coming full circle. We left off with Drummond, so I'm going to start with Drummond. Okay. Because he's near and dear to my heart as a former Detroit Piston. I think that he always gets kind of discarded because he can't shoot. In this NBA, if you can't shoot, people really just discount everything else that you do. Mm-hmm. You see how they treat Ben Simmons, who is amazing, right? But he can't shoot, so people talk about him like he's a bum. So I think the same thing happens with Andre Drummond because he's averaging – 13 rebounds a game over his career. Mm-hmm. That's like Hall of Fame, right? That's I'm one of the best rebounders ever. Seven Mile Dre going to to the Lakers is going to be a big deal because Marcus Gasol is really he's he aging. ain't doing what they brought him in there. He's aging. He's getting up there. Yes. And he's just a big body. And it's, when you get older, it's hard to move that big body around. Right. So when he came in, he looked like he was – Mm-hmm. Halfway into retirement. Exactly. But, man, I was – Andre Drummond, yeah, I'm excited for him. I'm a huge LeBron fan, so I'm going to try oh, yeah. to keep this conversation as LeBron – not LeBron bias as possible. This is a pro-LeBron podcast. I am a, a pro-LeBron guest. I think, man, because of where the game is going – if you're not a shooter, of course, you know, people talk about you, you get a little slack for not being able to shoot. But I believe that it's okay just to be that big and just have that style of play mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as long as you're in a team that's allowing you to stay in that lane. And I think he's never been on a team that's allowed him to stay in that lane just to be a true big. Detroit. 
Detroit, we didn't want to, we didn't, we didn't make them shoot threes. I know, but I'm saying on a, on a larger scale, right? To really be competitive. Well, the thing, the thing about Andre is he doesn't have a back to the basket game. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like on offense, he's eating basically off offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. off screening rolls. Like he needs somebody else to get him a bucket. And who is better than that, LeBron? No one. Okay, so no that's way. and that's and that's the point I'm kind of making. Like when I think when you're a great player, because you have your elites, right? Yes, and you have players that are great players. Okay, wait a second. Now you just stumbled into something mm-hmm. there, right? Who are who are the elites? Like tip tip tippity top, the stars of the stars, the stars of the stars, the stars of the stars. Man, so you're elite. Automatic playoff berth, no matter who they go to. Of course, that's LeBron. So we LeBron, just... of course, he proved that multiple times. I think Kevin Durant is an elite. James Harden is an elite. Um, Luka Doncic, I feel like it's shown Ooh. to be an elite. Dame, Dollar, Lillard is an elite, in my opinion. I think we... Steph with... Curry is an elite. Steph? Steph Curry is Even an elite. with what's going on this, this year? Steph Curry is an elite. Ooh. I got to get closer to Mike to say it. For one... I think Steph has shown, and I don't really, really just think that the Warriors is a terrible team. I think they got some really good pieces. Yeah, they did. So I don't want to dis, I don't want to just discredit the Warriors. But I think what Steph's shown this year, coming back, not having Clay, uh, he's shown that like he can really take over a game by himself if he needs to. He has yeah, everything, he and he's the greatest shooter to ever touch a basketball, in my opinion. I think that's in the majority of the world's opinion. Okay. But what yes, about Kawhi? Steph is an elite. Kawhi is an elite. What about Giannis? So now when I think of an elite, I'm like, you can go to any team, and that okay. team automatically can get in the playoffs. I'll say automatically can get to a second round. Automatically get to a second round? Second round. That's the, that's the, that's the LeBron category I'm talking about. Well, nobody's LeBron. Okay, he's, he's off in his own. I mean, yeah, I mean – it's tough because it's not a lot of them. Exactly. It's not a lot of them. The stars of the stars. But I do think all of the people I just named are elitists. So I think they're elite. I think Giannis is elite too. I'm not really a big fan of Giannis. I'm not either. I don't think he's a top five player. Woo! And I don't think he should have won two MVPs. Interesting. The first okay. one, I get. The second one, it's like, all right. Okay. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to dive into that. Let's uh, talk hey, about these trades. Hey, all right. Hey, dive into that. New beginnings. We'll be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> new beginnings. All right. Uh, so I talked about drumming. LeBron's gonna make him much, much mm. better. That's enough about LeBron and the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't want to get. Who's your Who's your your first guy on the list? It gotta be Lamarcus Aldridge. If, we, if we're gonna talk about drumming, we gotta talk about Lamarcus Aldridge next. Okay. Okay. It's just crazy what Brooklyn got going on. James Harden is elite, and I think what he's able to, what he's showed up to Brooklyn is able to do, and what they allow him to do within the game, mm-hmm. is what's going to take them to the next level. Mm. I think KD is a great. People say anything they want about KD, and I'm not the hugest fan of KD, but I think KD is a great teammate, and I think KD understands yes. basketball. Yes, I also think Kyrie understands basketball, mm. and I think that like, all right, James, you show up, you gonna play on ball, like. You bring the ball up the court, Ky- me, Kyrie, I'm going to play off ball. 
KD, I'm going to play off-ball because that's always what I've been great at doing. And now we got Blake, and now we got LaMarcus Aldridge, and then you got DeAndre Jordan. Who's going to play defense on that team? I mean, nobody. I think that's what's what's obviously been their struggle the whole year. Right. But this is – and to to your point – there's no there's no excuse why Brooklyn shouldn't win a championship this year. There is. There is. It's a man named LeBron James. Yeah, other than LeBron James. Okay, yes. But <laughs> I think their only downfall might be because they have all these pieces, and I think they also acquire pieces, players that are just ready to win. So, like, for example, I think Blake Griffin is in a, in a, in a time of his career where he doesn't really care about being Blake Griffin anymore. Right. He's just ready to win a championship. Right. I think LaMarcus Aldridge, he, he doesn't care about being LaMarcus Aldridge anymore. He just wants to win a championship. Mm-hmm. James Harden, I've already got my scoring titles. I have my MVPs. Yep. I, for my legacy, yep. I need a championship. Yep. And it's interesting because I was watching Doc Rivers talk about uh, – he, he came on the All the Smoke podcast. Mm-hmm. He was talking about that Clippers team. He said the difference between him coaching that Clippers team when they had, you know, when they were at Lob City. Right. And they kept Blake, getting DeAndre, knocked out the first round when they shouldn't have kept getting knocked out the first round. No. He said the difference between coaching that Celtics team and that Clippers team, he said they were both extremely, extremely talented. And he mm-hmm. was excited to go to the Clippers because they were younger. But he can tell that the pieces he had, they weren't, they wasn't ready. They, in their career, they wasn't ready to win a championship. So to that, to that point, Doc, not Doc. Greg Popovich mm-hmm. has this saying that he wants guys that have gotten over themselves. Yes. And so I think that's something that you're, that you're speaking to right that's now. That's what I'm speaking to. That's exactly what I'm speaking to. Because if you think when the big three got together with the Celtics from KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce, mm-hmm. they had yep. already accomplished everything they yep. could have accomplished. They just really needed to win a champion, they some championships. They, they all needed it. Desperately needed it. Well, not desperately needed it because they're all going to be Hall of Famers. Nah. When you, so when you start talking about Hall of Famers and then like the best, when you start ranking the best of the best, yeah, it's, something it's like a champion, it's championships. Championships is, is going yeah, to so make the biggest In order difference. for them to go down, like I think championship or no championship, Kevin Garnett was going to go down as one of the greatest power forces of all time. Yes. But I think him getting that championship definitely solidified that, like, okay, definitely one of the greatest power forwards of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, the point I was making, at that point in time, they were all so ready to win a championship that now it's a lot easier for guys to fit into pieces, into roles. Like, right. the scariest thing of getting all this talent and pushing them to one team, Yeah, not everybody is always ready to right. get put into a role that they, that they may not be used to. Like, you're not the guy no more. They still want to be a star. You're not the guy no more. And that I think, was Melo's problem. And I think I think that's when teams struggle with identity, and I think that's what the Clippers kind of struggle, struggle with last year. Because, mm-hmm. like, now, look, especially last year, you got guys that, like, all right, Kawhi shows up in, time, in town. Now you know Kawhi is the guy. Paul George shows up. And Paul George, he's on the tear of feeling like, I gotta re. I gotta get. I, I gotta regain the respect for my name. Yeah, he do. And then you got Lou Will that's coming off the bench, who's like, I've been here and I come off the bench, and, I, and when I get in the game, I'm shooting that thing. Yeah, I do my thing. I do what I do. So it's like you can't when your team is structured like that, and you know, as a coach, if 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 the if the players don't know who the guy is, if the players don't know who the guy is, then the team will struggle. Yep, and if that's not identified with the players, and sometimes as a coach, you can't really, you can't set Ain't that nothing up. You can do, Ain't nothing you can do. The players got to really come up with that. All right, we running the ball, we running this game through him, 
and I respect that. And I'm yep. a, and I'm gonna yeah. be great in my role. And I think for Brooklyn, they got all that right now. That's dangerous. Now what's dangerous for them is yes, who gonna play defense? I do think they have some bench players that'll play some defense. And I think where they're gonna mess up at is they're gonna wait too late to turn it on, cause. All of them are capable of playing defense. KD, Kyrie is a decent defender. Jace Harden is even a decent defender. I think KD is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. We've seen yes. in Golden State that he is willing to play really, really good defense. Yes, but, but I think sometimes when you, when you think you're good and you think you just got it, you'll wait till late in the stretch to really start turning it on. And now by that time, it's too late. It's too late? It's too late. Okay. Rondo. Playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo. Not regular season Rondo. Mm -hmm. But playoff, playoff Rondo is desperately needed for this team. Now, let me preface this by saying I do not trust the Clippers. I do not trust Paul George. Mm -hmm. And Kawhi is going to do his thing. But mm -hmm. we can see there is he has questionable leadership. Right, because a leader comes into that team as the best player. Mm -hmm. Y'all traded for me. Y'all brought me in here. I'm the reason Paul George is here. And that leader knows how to get everybody on board. With the talent they had last year, there's mm -hmm. no reason that they should have lost to the Nuggets like that. And you could blame it on Doc Rivers and blah, 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 blah. But yeah. guess what? Who's on the court? Doc Rivers not on the court. Yeah. So, and. That, this is what I this is what I say. I truly don't believe that you that your leader has to be your best player on the team. Oh, I one hundred percent disagree. But I think it helps. <laughs> I think when your best player on the team is a great leader, it definitely helps. I think your best player has to be your best leader and your hardest worker because it sets the tone for everyone else. But it it doesn't always work out like that. It, and the the teams that have the highest ceiling, the highest ceiling, best leader, hardest mm -hmm. worker is the best. player. And I think it can sometimes work when your best player isn't your best leader, but you got to have a really good leader. That's true. With a really good, and you gotta have a Rondo. Yes, and you got to have somebody that the team can look at and respect and be willing to hear from. Right. Like when he talks, we listening. Right. And you got to have your best player always back him up. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. At the end of the day, if you're the best player, the team is always going to look for you for anything. Yep. They're always going to look for you for validation. They're always going to look for you to close out games. They're always going to look for you to show up. Mm -hmm. But if you have somebody that has great leadership qualities, that has a great IQ for the game and has an understanding, when he speaks, if you're not a big vocal guy, and, yeah. if you're not a big, you know what I'm saying, just rah rah or big, just great get everybody going guy as a Kawhi you got to be when Rondo says something or when anybody says something that has that that leadership trait you got to be right there backing him up and basically almost repeating everything he just said and I think that's how you be able to really get things going I like the Rondo trade uh for the Clippers I hate to see Lou Will go man at the same time I understand it makes sense because I don't think that Lou Will meshed well with Paul George and Kawhi. Right. I think he was part of the problem. Him, Pat Bev, Montrezl Harrell. Mm. I think they were all because how did those guys make their bones? Like, they work hard. Yes. They found their niche and yes. they do what they do. And it was gritty and it was tough. 
Yes. And then you got guys coming over here. Superstars. Wanting to take games off and yeah. have their own deal. Now, okay, Kawhi, you got two finals MVPs. We know what you do. You show up. Right. Paul George, are you the same guy that disappeared in Oklahoma City two years in a row? Yeah. You can't – you don't have the same leeway that Kawhi does. I'm yeah. sorry. You're not – you're and not the star of stars. I love I love Lou Will and I love that Clippers team. I love Trez. Uh when he was there. I just love that mentality. Uh Pat Bev. I got a love hate relationship with him, but I love their mentality. I love the dog that's in them. Like they're not gonna miss out on no games. I believe they're gonna show up and work hard. And at the end of the day, man, what we don't know what's going on in these locker we rooms. Don't. We but don't. from from a fan perspective, I think that's where it clashed. And I don't think Lou Will was part of the problem. I think that there was a problem in the midst of the situation that split that side, the Lou Will side and the Kawhi and Paul George side. It was basically Kawhi and Paul George versus everybody. Yeah. So, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, if they get it together, they get it together, man. I'm still rocking with the, uh, the Lake Show. <laughs> hey, okay. So, that was my second one. Who you got next? You said Rondo. And you said drummer, I Victor Oladipo. Ooh, I talked. I talked about it a little bit uh, when you first went down the list. Mm-hmm. But I think, man, shout out to Pat Riley making things happen. Pat Riley always makes things happen. Man, come on now. No matter what. Huge respect for Pat Riley because I think, man, saying that, hey, Robinson, Hero, they're non-negotiables. Yeah, not. Don't call. Don't call for them and still get a Oladipo. And I think, you know, Oladipo has been going through a really rough patch mm-hmm. in his career, coming off those injuries and then landing in different spots like Houston. Uh, but you never sleep on somebody that's on the comeback. I'm sleeping on Oladipo. And sometimes. I'm sleeping on Sometimes him. when you're a player, and I know this as a former athlete and as you're seeing you, it. You're as still an athlete. Coach, yeah, I'm still an athlete. I'm saying active athlete <laughs> when you are working on trying to come back and just develop that game and get that game back that you once had sometimes it helps to be around a good supporting cast and around like i said veterans around good teammates like when you hear when you hear people talk about jimmy butler all they t- harp on is man he's a great teammate yep you hear people talk about you Donna except Tassel. in minnesota when you talk about when people say talk about Udonis Haslam, they say, "Man, he's the greatest. He is Miami." Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So, I think that's all. That's all a player could need. And I'm calling it now. If it don't work this year, we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see spurts of it at the end of this season. Next season, I think that he's gonna be rolling if they're able to keep their pieces. So I think we. You talked about it already, but the infrastructure in Miami yes. is amazing. It's amazing. And you've talked to all this Miami stuff. You haven't even mentioned Eric Spostra. Oh, yeah. Eric Spostra <laughs> is, is a Hall of Fame coach. Absolutely. He will be in the Hall of Fame, for I love, sure. And I hate that I ain't mentioned his name, but I love him, though. Coach Spo. Uh, I love and, him. And mm-hmm. the training staff. Yes. Legendary down there. How they really get people Man. into shape, like real shape. The whole Miami organization. And then when you just watch like players that play in Miami, how they talk, Pat Riley's not playing. They are pushing people. Like, you got to yeah. be in shape when you show up to Miami. Or you will not have a good time and you'll be out of there. So, or you, yeah, you won't be there. So, yeah, I like Oli Depot to the heat. Ooh. Go ahead. Go get your next one. You got one? You got one on the tip of your tongue? Go ahead. Go yeah, for it. Because I was just looking at that Nuggets getting uh, Gordon. 
Okay, I you can love have that. that. One. You can have that one. Was that your next one? Uh-uh. Okay. Yes, I love Aaron Gordon going to the Nuggets. I like the Nuggets team. I just don't like the inconsistency. But I think Aaron Gordon, um, I think that him going to a team that has already established key role players, right? I think he'll fit perfect in a role where he can just play defense, be explosive, get some easy buckets, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not be on a team where they say, here, we need you to go get us 20. We need to go get us 20. You already got Jokic that's, to me, the best, the best in the league? Best big? Yeah. Nah, that's AD. But Jokic is a very close second. Like, it's, it go back and forth between him and Anthony Davis. What about what about Joel? Oh, man. See, <laughs> you're right. Joel Embiid. But this is my thing with Joel Embiid. Okay. The injuries cost him a lot. Yeah, he's obviously talent wise. To me, he's better than Jokic. Talent wise, I think the things that the thing that he's able that, to do, that he's able to do, that's obvious. It's mm -hmm. just the athleticism. Yeah, like he's way obviously he's way quicker than Jokic. Yeah, he just way he feet just, are better. But I mean, the things just, that Jokic can do. Yeah, he's just more to me in my opinion. I think he's just more talented than Jokic. But me, right. Jokic is like a he wears he take his hard hat to work every day. I think Embiid is more talented, mm -hmm. but Jokic, Jokic is a better basketball player. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Understanding basketball, and I think yeah. We got to give – because, I mean, Embiid was having a great season before he got hurt. Yep. I think they had a lot to do with Doc Rivers. Of course. A lot to do with Absolutely. Doc Rivers. Absolutely. You got a championship coach Man. who's been through the battles, who played in NBA. That knows how to coach superstars. Yes. So, because I, I always struggle with, like, really falling in love with Embiid because of his mentality. Like, I don't think he's a dog. Like, him, for him to be that talent, right. talented, he's just not a dog. And I always – if you're not a dog, for me, in my opinion, it's just hard for me to really just fall in love with. Yes. And yes. I think that's what was missing. But I seen that that killer mentality show a little bit in it with Embiid. But it's just that injury bug. And I think what happens with the injury bug, I'm I'm I don't know nothing. But I'ma assume I just don't think that Joel Embiid takes great quality care of his body as much right. as he should be. I think his like his, I would love to see what his work decade looked like, what his work regimen looks like. Yes, I would love to see that. I think his his dog comes and goes. Yes, because you see the games where he takes it personal, Man. where he has a matchup that Man. he wants to destroy. He kills. He could put up forty, fifty points mm -hmm. very efficiently, and so and be I mean there's a reason why he's in the MVP running but there's also a reason why Jokic is also in MVP conversations yes. right now but the Nuggets going to be a problem man if they can just get consistent consistency is key cuz uh I like Jamal Murray love him really love him I'm not a big fan he he a bucket he is a bucket but when you want to talk about the master of inconsistency yeah that's Jamal Murray. And that's when I when I kept saying inconsistency, I really was talking about him. Yes. And I'm not tired. I hate talking bad about people, players, especially professional players. Right. Who who are we? Right. Yeah, we're too. So 
because they're so great. <laughs> and it's just like, man, I don't, I don't never want to talk bad about anybody's game. But I wish he was just a little bit more consistent, though. Yeah. But I also think he's still growing. He's still learning. So people say that all the time about these young players, right, that maybe 25 years old. But mm-hmm. They got in the league when they was 19. Like yeah. You've been in the league for six years, and you still haven't – Really, like, if you're the same player by the time you get to 25, like, I don't think that player is going to have much of a jump after that. Yeah. I mean, it's just a doggy dog league, too, because you got, you got your elites. You got the big dogs. Cause and like, then you got the big, big Because you're really great until you run into elite. Exactly. Dame is so amazing, but there's nothing that he can do against LeBron or Kawhi. Kawhi is, is in my opinion, Dame is an elite. Until he runs up against one. So, yeah. <laughs> I got this theory. And I think uh, I got it from Colin Cowherd. But I wholeheartedly agree. Some mm-hmm. people don't like him. Some people do. I've been listening to Colin for a long time. Decade, probably. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even that old. And so, you cannot. You have to have a player that is a wing as your best player. Because that offers you more versatility on the floor. Right. Right, you have Dame. If Dame was six six, mm-hmm. he'd be a top three player in the league. Absolutely, but he's six two ish, so that makes him a top ten player. No, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that. Maybe a top six or seven player in the league, and it's strictly because of his size. There's mm-hmm. nothing he could do with LeBron. Nothing he could do with Paul George. Nothing he could do with Kawhi Leonard. Luka Doncic. If Luka Doncic comes at Damian Lillard, there's nothing he could do. I think that your best player can be your point guard. I think the Warriors showed us that. But they had Draymond Green, who's an all-time great defender. All-time great. And they had Klay Thompson, and that's who was a all-time great shooter. Exactly. Probably. And and also a great great defender in also his own right. And and that's what I was going to get to. I think like if Dane played on a team like that, like if he played with a great shooter and some great defenders and just some great pieces, I think he'll be able to lead the team to do some really great things. But it's rare. It's rare. It is rare. The, I, I, the I level of Klay Thompson and Draymond Green on the same team you. with Steph Curry? I agree with you. I agree with you. That's, why, that's why you got to have a guy. You got to have, have another superstar. You, well, you got to – your best player got to be in that. Now, James Harden is 6'5", but he is – he's built. I think that's why. So he can get away with it, the maybe one inch less. But you got to be 6'5 to 6'9. And I think that's why, and I think you might agree with me, I think that's why the Jazz is the number one team in the West right now. That's why the Jazz won't win. But that's why, I think that's why they're winning because Mike Conley is playing really well at the point mm-hmm. and Donovan Mitchell is able to play on the wing and play off ball. But Donovan Mitchell is still a guy that's 6'3? Yeah. But I'm just I'm just saying to add on to your point, when your best player is able to play off ball and be a wing, I think your team gets better. He's, Donovan Mitchell's still a guard though. He's just the off ball guard. This is the Jazz's downfall and why they'll never be a contender until they have a guy that that's gonna be able to deal with LeBron. Okay, I'll tell you this. If the Jazz would have got Aaron Gordon, they might have been better to do something. Hey, because Aaron Gordon is 6'8 to mm-hmm. whatever, 220 maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Now, obviously, you know, LeBron is, is, is massive. But 
that's a guy with great athleticism and great mm-hmm. size that can make it difficult for LeBron. They don't have anybody that can make it difficult on LeBron because you look at their best defender is Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is still only like 6'5". He is not going to have anything for LeBron at all. It's going to be it's going to have to be a team thing, but you know, once you get in the playoffs, okay, who could stop who could stop this guy? Mm, who can sure. we put on him? I agree with you. And I so still that, think the Jazz going to be tough in the playoffs though. I mean, they're going to be tough, but I you got LeBron and AD. That's why it was always for me cuz you got AD who is basically a wing that's 16 and mm-hmm. has big man skills. Yeah. And you got LeBron who is a wing who has point guard skills and can do everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So nobody has two guys that can match up with them. Nobody has two. You may have one, and that's why everybody was looking at the Clippers. But I'm like, okay, you don't want to put Kawhi on AD. Yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah, Paul AD, George on AD, yeah. that's not going to work. Anytime the Clippers play the Lakers, and if AD has a game, it's, it's a rat. long night for the Clippers. It's a wrap. Because they got two guys that can make it difficult for LeBron. But no, they don't have a guy. My Trey's hero when he was there, like, no. Sorry. <laughs> Not going to work because AD is super talented and he was stuck in New Orleans for so long mm-hmm. on a bad team. He's another guy that's – he's a star, but he's, he, he had the – not had. He has the talent to be a star of stars, right, in that top echelon. No dog. Not enough. Not enough. So, so far, our favorite trades have been Drummond to the Lakers, Aldridge mm-hmm. to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We talked about Oladipo. Rondo. We talked about Big Rondo, playoff Rondo. We talked about Gordon to the Nuggets. And then we talk, we, we just ended on your next one. Vucevic. I like Vucevic. We both like Vucevic. That's mm-hmm. another guy that's Hooper. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like – he's not Jokic light. I can't say that. That doesn't really apply. He doesn't have the passing skills of Jokic. Mm-hmm. But he's another guy that's not super athletic, decent athleticism, but can just get buckets, smart players, always in the right place at the right time. Solid. 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 And people always – it's always funny. Here we go talking about James Harden again, but they always talk about how great of a uh, post defender he is when you get on him about his defense. I'm like, nobody plays in the post anyway. Like, who (laughs) who cares about how great of a post defender he is? Anyway, but I think Vucevic is a great pickup. It shows that that team is finally serious about winning. Because before it was just like, uh, you know, we're building for the future, building for the future, always building for the future, but the future never came. And remind me where he landed again? Vucevic? Yeah. Chicago Bulls. Chicago. Okay. With your boy Levine. Yeah. So I think that's a good one. Um, yeah, they got a good upside right now. They're headed in the right direction. And, okay, on here I also got – they got Troy Brown Jr. and Daniel Tice, which we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So those are great guys like you had talked about earlier, knowing their roles, knowing where they fit, and not trying to be or do too much. They're going to own their puzzle piece. They're going to own their puzzle piece. They're going to be stars in their roles. They're going to they gonna hoop and do what they need to do because we all know Levine is the guy with the ball in his hands, and he's going to be able mm-hmm. to score. Vucevic, same. Ball in his hands is going to be able to score. He's going to be able to make some plays for others, too. They still got Lowry. 
and they pick up Al Farouk Aminu, who's a great Swiss Army knife kind of mm-hmm. defender. You don't want to make him plays, but he can make some open shots. He can guard maybe two through four, maybe some fives. So I think they, they got a lot of good pieces to try to make a push now without giving up too much and without having a lot of bad contracts. Yeah, man. I'm really just – I'm excited for the playoffs now, though. Already we still got some some season to go. We still got some season, but especially being in March. Every time March comes around and I get a taste of the tournament, I get yeah. really excited for the NBA playoffs. Okay. I got a couple more rapid fire. We we touched on this guy, Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. Dog, love him. Love him. Another puzzle piece guy. Another puzzle piece guy. Corey Joseph, he went to the Pistons. <laughs> Shout out to Detroit. Shout out to Detroit. Corey Joseph <laughs> went to the Pistons. He's a guy, because we got a lot of young point guards. We mm-hmm. drafted Saban Lee. We drafted Killian Hayes. Corey Joseph is a pro's pro. He's been around for a long time. Yeah. Knows how to do his thing. Knows how to get to his spots. Knows the little ins and outs and the, the nooks and crannies of the NBA. He'll be able to teach those guys that. So, that's a homer pick, but, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> that's part one of two with me and my boy Donovan talking some NBA trade deadline, moves we like, moves we don't. And I'm sure by now we'll have seen some games. You all will have seen some players that have made their debuts. So we'll definitely get to see the results of all the things that have happened. Part two coming out on Sunday. We're going to kick these things off real close. So we got part one coming out today on Friday, part two coming out on Sunday. I hope you all enjoyed it. But before I let you go, today in history, April 2nd, 1917, in honor of Women's History Month, Jeanette Pickering Rankin is sworn in as the first woman to serve in the U.S. House of Representatives. Shout out to the women. Shout out to the moms. Shout out to all the ladies out there. I'm taken. This is your host, Tony Rambles, and this is the Living Numbers Podcast. Like, subscribe. Follow, download, share, support. Follow me on Instagram at underscore Tony Rambles underscore to stay up to date on everything that I'm putting out in our future episodes. Thank you all. I'll see you in the next one.